Light Breakfast with Asha and Nan. Brought to you by Maybank. And this morning on our campaign, Young Changemakers, we're very happy to have with us Nama Pillai, one of the founders of Undi 18. Now, can you tell us about Undi 18 and what pushed you and Kiara to start the movement? Firstly, thank you very much for having me on. Um, Undi 18 started off as a student movement uh, all the way back in 2016. So the idea of Undi 18 uh, was very simple. We wanted to, to lower the voting age in Malaysia. Um, and for us, for myself and Kira, when she when we when we started it, we were inspired by what was happening around the world at the time. In 2016, was the election of uh, Donald Trump versus Hillary Clinton. It was it was Brexit. Right, there were so many major events around the world uh, regarding democracy, and we felt you know young people had had to have our voices heard. Uh, we had to be involved. We had to have a stake into determining what is the future of, you know, not only uh, their countries, but also in terms of our own country in Malaysia. So I think when we did our research and we realized that uh, that uh, one of the big issues was that our voting age was so high, right? And we were at anomaly um, uh, among the world. I just did the, I just double checked. And we were one of, at that time, we were one of nine countries only in the entire world with a voting age of 21 years old and above. Wow. Right? The vast majority of the world, 95% of democracies in the world, had a lower voting age. So we thought, long overdue to fix it, and that was a spark. So can you take us through then the, the journey of advocacy you embarked on, starting from you know, the launch of it, the beginning, all the way through to actually seeing Undi 18 uh, as a bill passed in Parliament? Sure. Of course, uh, I, I think we'll I'll just give you a little bit of a summary, right? I'm sure there's a lot of drama that you probably don't want to hear uh, <laughs> right now. Uh, but um, we started off as a t- student movement. So we were lucky, myself and Kira, we were student leaders. Um, and because of that, we leveraged uh, an international Malaysian student network uh, called the Malaysian Students Global Alliance. So through that, we built a coalition, right? So we started off, we didn't start off from zero. We had at least a coalition of supporters. Um, and we started off with a memorandum and a petition to the Prime Minister at that time, which was Dr. Sri Najib Razak. But of course, uh, once we got back um, to Malaysia, so uh, I was studying overseas. I came back to Malaysia. Um, we started engaging members of parliament, senators, uh, engaging the opposition, right? Uh, we And we tried to make sure that people knew that this was an agenda that should be pushed. Uh, and we were very lucky that some were receptive, especially those in Pakatan Harapan. So of course, once there was a change in government, we worked closely with uh, government at the time, especially YB Said Sadiq, uh, who was instrumental, uh, I think, in pushing it through cabinet because without his you know, constant pushing in cabinet, I don't think we would have been able to get the bill um, in, into parliament as soon as it as it did. And as we know, you know, with history, with what happened, thankfully it did, it did happen sooner rather than later, right? Um, of course, the uh, with, uh, with Undi 18, the challenge was that it was the first ever constitutional amendment that was done in a bipartisan manner, the first ever in Malaysian history with 100% of votes in the lower and upper houses of parliament. So that could only happen uh, if you were to look at it from a bipartisan approach talk to every single party and try to sell the idea that it's not a partisan agenda. It is an, a youth agenda. It's a democratic agenda. It's a future agenda, right? Mm-hmm. So I think these were the core elements and the core ideas uh, that we tried to push forward with um, Undi 18 in our advocacy. And thankfully, it succeeded and it passed uh, parliament uh, and it got all the votes needed to be the first ever um unanimous constitutional amendment in Malaysian history. Now, you started this as a student movement, and of course, as we know now, it led to uh, the historic moment of it being passed in Parliament. Now, how does it 
feel personal at a personal level to witness this and to know that you were one of the drivers of this change? I mean, for me, I think it uh, it is something that uh, that was you know like you, it's just, it's a feeling that you can't describe, right? Uh, when I was part in Parliament uh, in July of 2019, and you could literally see right the the parliamentarians consulting each other, you know, um, collecting because it's a constitutional amendment, right? So you need unanimous votes, right? Um, and to see like uh, once the speaker announced that you know it was unanimous. Because we we knew that at that point, because we did the we did the work, we knew that it would probably pass, but we did not expect that it would be unanimous. So once that was announced, it was just mind blowing, right? You know the feeling of like your work succeeding and your your work finally coming to fruition. I think it's an indescribable feeling. Um, of course. Um, the, the thing about the implementation is that it, it was the journey was not over. There were also many other challenges that we had to fight through and we had to push through until we had the implementation on the 15th of January of this year, right? So of course, with all those challenges and that entire journey that we went through, you know, to finally see it happen, I think was extremely gratifying. And, um, you know, I really thank the team and everyone who was with us in this journey to this fight together to win. Did you have any moments where anywhere along the process you thought, Okay, maybe this isn't going to happen. I think for for us at the very start, um, it was it was very difficult because we faced brick wall after brick wall after brick wall. Um, you know, the, people always love the success story, right? But the reality is that um, every success is littered with so much failure, um, so much um, hesitation, so much self doubt, right? So I think for us, you know, we just tried to push and push and push, and every time we failed, you know, we we tried again or we pivoted. We pivoted, tried a different strategy. And I think, thankfully, something worked eventually, right? Um, and I think that's that's the I think that's the story. So I think essentially in, at the start there was a real challenge in getting buy-in from the government. Um, and of course, in 2021 uh, there was another second phase of problem where the implementation of Undi 18 was at risk, right? Where the government changed their mind and there was there was an issue where they just decided, you know what, we're going to postpone it uh, by more than a year with no conclusive timeline of when this bill would be implemented. So I think that was another challenge, very scary moment. Uh, but in both times, again, I think the idea is that you just got to push, you just got to believe, you just have to have faith in the team and the movement that's behind you, and you just got to work hard towards it. I think a lot of people will be curious about the kind of comments and things people said to you and Kyra when you started off um, saying perhaps you were too young to be leaders and make such a big change? I think for us, um, we we saw that as, a, as an advantage, really, right? Um, just because when you're fighting for a cause of the youth, right, who else to fight for the youth aside from the youth, right? So I think in that manner, it was it was a benefit um, for us. So as leaders, I don't, I, we, we never felt that was necessarily an impediment just because of the work, the, the particular work that we were in. But I do think that the cause itself was challenging, right? Because um, as you as you rightly mentioned, that there was a lot of hesitance, there was a lot of uh, breakbacks thrown, and and there was a lot of questions about whether or not young Malaysians were ready for this, uh, whether or not the country was ready for this, whether or not you know uh, young Malaysians are mature enough. I think these were very common questions uh, that were thrown at us uh, to try to delegitimize the movement, to try to uh, push back and make sure that it doesn't happen. So of course, for us, uh, I think the, the the key thing is this. Um, I'm a big believer in in listening to your strongest critics, right? Uh, you can't run away from that, right? Uh, I think if you were to just shut yourself out and try to hide hide your way in a hole, I mean, you'd never be able to confront what people are saying. So for me, is that I accept what they say, 
um, you know, for us, we we try to make sure that we have arguments against it. Uh, we have campaigns, you know, to address the kind of the kind of concerns that they have. And the things that when you have that approach, you you make your harshest critiques into some of your strongest supporters. And that's what we've seen in the past. So I think for me, I think don't feel um, disheartened when people criticize you. Think of it as an opportunity to improve and as an opportunity to engage, as an opportunity to build. Was anything said to you or kind of, I guess, against what you were doing that was something you learned and added on to what you were trying to do? Yeah, for sure. So as I mentioned uh, just now, I think um, a lot of the, uh, I think, criticisms that were le- that were levied against the movement were something that we essentially integrated into the movement itself, right? Um, so for example, on the issue of maturity, right, we made sure that we had a lot of um, comparisons, right? Um, for example, looking at how uh, things are in the rest of the world, like we use an example of Indonesia, use an example of many other countries around the world where, you know, we have, Malaysians have this stereotype, oh, okay, these countries are somewhat less developed than us. But we said, you know, young people are participating actively in those situations, right? And they're not doing, a, they're not you know, causing huge amount of harm. They are, you know, they are, they are politicians, you know. So what's why, why are Malaysian youth so different? Right? Can you justify it? So you throw back the question at them, right? So I think I, I think that was essentially how we integrated uh, many of those uh, criticisms into the movement itself um, to make it uh, essentially make us stronger, right? Uh, and make our case uh, for the lowering of the voting age even more formidable. And we're on Young Change Makers today with one of the founders of Undi 18, Tharama Pillai. All right. So now that the voting age has been lowered to 18 years old, what? plans does Undi 18 have for Malaysian youth? Right. Um, I think for for me, I always believe in the philosophy that rights come with responsibility, right? There must be a balance, right? So just because you have the right to do something, um, of course, you should be educated to be using that right in the best manner possible. So for us, we focus a lot on voter education, right? We've done a number of programs, uh, including in the past, we've done uh, Seats for Democracy, we've done, we've put education modules online. I think these were the key elements that we that we are currently doing. That's number one. Number two is that we want to build a pipeline for more young change makers, more young leaders, because we always complain that we need more young leaders to take over from the dinosaurs that are there in parliament. But if you don't have a pipeline of, uh, of leaders, you don't have a training mechanism, then you're, you're, you're going to be in trouble, right? So we have programs. We have uh, we had it Parliament Digital back in 2020 when Parliament was shut down. You know the the emergency order was uh, was done. So we did we had Parliament uh, we had Parliament Digital, right? We have Dewan Muda Malaysia. We have so many uh, you know uh, policies and programs that we have to create more young leaders. Uh, and of course, the, the the last one is of course to encourage more young Malaysians to turn out at the ballot box. Um, so we have a campaign called Undi Stratus Pratus or Vote 100% um, to make sure that we have as much or maximum youth uh, participation in our democracy as possible. So I think these are the key, the three key next steps that we're looking at. But of course, I also want to point out that part of the challenge with Undi 18 is that while we've succeeded with this huge reform to democracy, but the reform does not end there, we still have to address things like gerrymandering, malapportionment, uh, because that also affects how powerful our votes are, not just for young Malaysians, but also for urbanites, right? Um, and I think these are the key fight that we have to continue and push forward and try to fix um, in order to make our democracy healthier and more equal. I'll tell you what, you've got an excellent slogan writer. Undi 18, Undi Saratos Pratos, well done. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> Is that you then? <laughs> are you the catchphrase man? I, I am, I do I do tend to make this kind of stuff. So we have Undi Saratos Pratos, Undi Saksama, uh, we have a bunch of others. Also. Excellent, yeah. excellent.
Fantastic. Dharma, you know, you mentioned challenges, you mentioned drama stories, you mentioned uh, having to pivot and change things as you went along the way. What do you think it is in you and, and Kira that allowed you to be able to do that? I think for us, um, I think the key thing is that um, you always have to be able to believe in the cause in the long term, right? Um, I think that's, that's something that's very important. Um, a lot of people, especially especially young people, we're so used with this idea of instant gratification that we lose patience, mm. right? Uh, we lose that long-term thinking. I think it's so unfortunate because nothing that's worth doing comes easy in life, right? So you got to always think long-term. you got to always have that big, big picture plan. And when you have that plan, it makes it easier for you to, to sort of work around the challenges and obstacles that you face, right? Uh, because you're like, okay, I want to achieve this within five, 10 years. So if I face an obstacle today, I can still pivot around it and still get back to my plan. But I think when people expect that I want to succeed in three months, in six months, in one year, right? It becomes very disheartening when you have to pivot and you're losing like six months out of your timeline. You lose like one year out of your timeline, right? So it, it becomes very disheartening. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a key element that I do want to emphasize for a lot of listeners out there that you got to have that long-term thinking, but always have that short-term direct and intense action so that balance must always be there um, and that's very that mindset is so helpful you know no matter what obstacle no matter what challenge you face um, of course some creativity is always has to be there but that is a core baseline um, mindset that you need one final question for me now it may seem like it's self-evident but we'd love to hear it from you why do you think it's important for youth to take initiative in making a change in the world? Well, because it's our world, our world to live in. Uh, we face the consequence uh, of this fight. We face this consequence of, of everything. And we're going to be in this world for at least the next 50, 60, 70. And who knows, with technology, it might even be with uh, the next 100 years, right? Um, so if we don't fix things now, then we're going to suffer our children are going to suffer, our grandchildren are going to suffer, right? So I think that there's a dire need for every, you know, uh, every Malaysian, every citizen of the world, right, to find a cause that means a lot to you um, and realize that you have a role in making something better. Um, and for me, I think if you don't make the world a better place in, uh, in you know, in, in your lifetime, I think I think it's, it's a wasted opportunity. So I strongly urge everyone out there, do your best, fight the good fight, and try to make the world a better place. Well, thank you so much, Sarma, for speaking with us today. You can listen to this episode of Young Changemakers on the Light Breakfast podcast. That's on the Shock app.